Just 10 days ago, stocks were at record highs. Nothing seemed to be able to stop the bull market. And then coronavirus began spreading around the world. The CDC called a U.S. outbreak inevitable. And just like that, stocks had their worst stretch since the financial crisis. So how much do investors know? Should their panic make all of us more worried? I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. This week, we're talking to Barron's Ben Levison. Hey, Ben. How's it going, Alex? So you and I have been covering markets for more than a decade. We've lived through volatile weeks before. I'm thinking about trade, Brexit, Greece, worries in the Middle East. Somehow, coronavirus just feels different. In some ways, it is. I mean, this went from the market being completely ecstatic about the possibility of real economic growth again this year, end of the trade war, earnings were going to start growing, everything was great. And then the coronavirus shows up and for a little while there, we're able to ignore it. It's not going to be a US issue. right? And then all of a sudden, we start hearing that maybe it's going to spread and it was just bam, all that euphoria is just gone. So the turning point, it seemed like, was really once we started hearing about infections in Europe. Yeah, it was in Italy, I think was the big turning point for this. It was at that point that we realized, you know what, there's a good chance it's going to come home. Right. And then with every time a U.S. health official spoke about the potential spread to the inevitable spread, the market just went into panic mode. Yeah. I mean, at first it started off as maybe a normal reaction. It's like, okay, we'll we'll, we'll pull back a little here. There's a little more risk. But then at some point it stopped where every single headline was just sending the market down hundreds of points right. uh, to the point where even just a headline about 8,400 people being watched in California was probably responsible for sending the market down a thousand, the Dow down a thousand points in one day. Right. And so the market at the end of the day is really like a weighing machine around risk right? That's right. It's trying to predict really how profitable companies are going to be. Where are these profits going to come from? And coming into this year, there was this idea that it was all going to be great again, that right. you know we're going to have this earnings growth. And in a matter of seven days, really, we've priced that out completely. We've gone from great growth in 2020 to no growth in 2020. Okay. And I think that's a really important point about profits and the stock market, because that is what it's about at the end of the day. But it's not responding to profits right now. It's responding to coronavirus. Can you just talk to us about the link a little more? Sure. It's basically looking at the the mechanisms for profit growth. It's, you know, it's people shopping. It's going out and buying clothes, buying coffee. It's people going to work and then turning around and spending that money. And with coronavirus, all of a sudden this is called into question. If we are forced to stay inside our houses, guess what? We're not going to Starbucks anymore. We're not going to buy that piece of clothing from Macy's. And We're not going on cruises. We're, we're not, not going on cruises. We're not going to airlines. Those were the first stocks that were hit because right. all of a sudden people say, okay, you know what? I'm not traveling. And then it gets worse. I'm not going out of my house. And we're not at that point yet. But the market has to think about that. And so it starts to price in scenarios as they get more and more likely. And in this case, it's saying, you know what? It's very likely that this has gotten bad enough that it's going to have an impact on corporate earnings here in the United States. People are not going to shop. They're not going to spend like they used to before. And earnings are going to stay flat. Okay. And then from earnings, we also do or should talk about the broader economy. And I think another word that has started to crop up once again around the coronavirus fears is recession. That's right. I mean, we came very close to one last year. I, I don't think people realize just 
how bad some of the manufacturing data was last year um, and how close with the Fed's initial rate hikes and then abruptly turning to rate cuts and how close it came. And there was a reason people were talking about a soft landing. Right. Things were very weak. Right. And so I just wanted to point out, like in the end of 2018, just going back, that's when the stock market actually had an even bigger fall than it's had so far with coronavirus. I mean, it felt exactly 20% in December of 2018 That's because right. of recession fears. But I think what it does, at the end of last year, everyone was saying, well, this Fed did it. It engineered a soft landing. The only thing that's going to mess this up now is a shock. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? We just had this shock. And it will be interesting to see how big of a shock it becomes. If it does, if coronavirus does spread in a way that causes people to stay home and not go out and do the things that we do every day, there's a very good chance that we get a recession. Okay. How much of that thinking do you think is already priced into the stock market down, being down 10 to 15%? I think being down 10%, we're halfway there. Um, in my mind, it's still – everyone thinks recession and they think 2008. But 2008 wasn't a run-of-the-mill recession. And that was 50%, right? That was 50%, but it was also a recession combined with a financial crisis. Right. And we can have a recession, which is just two quarters of declining growth, without having a financial crisis. And if that happens, and you could see a smaller dip in the market, 20%, 25%, followed by a very quick rebound. I mean, it was something that we saw back in uh, 1990 with the Gulf War, where you had a very shallow recession and not a terribly big market drop. It hasn't just been stocks that we've really been watching here. I mean, this has been a particularly crazy period for Barron's and for for the stock market, for everyone, really. But it's not just stocks. What else have you been watching and what else is sort of concerning? Anything else? What else is flashing red right now? I mean, the big thing is our treasury bond yields. We had this yield curve inversion last year that signaled a possible recession. And a yield curve inversion is when long-term yields fall below short-term yields. Right, okay. And it says that there's something wrong. The Fed reversed that by cutting rates. Everything looked great again. But what's happened is that people have been buying up these longer-term bonds, 10 years and 30 years, to the point where it's inverted again. But now we have record lows on 30 years. Mm-hmm. On the 10-year, the 10-year dropped below 1.2%, which is just – it's insane how low that is. And the, the two-year has dropped below 1%. And that's because just at a high level because – people are rushing to the safety and buying up bonds, which pushes down the yields, right? That's exactly right. I mean, they, the price and the yields move in the opposite direction. And so people want safety. And they're thinking, you know what? We still have an engineered inflation. We're still not seeing growth. This isn't going to help that. We got to own these bonds because they're safe. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really amazing to watch because I mean, three months ago, nobody, everybody thought the bottom was in on bond yields, that everything was fine. Yeah. And now we're talking about, I mean, with the two-year, I mean, could it go negative? I mean, it's not that far away. That can make us look a lot more like Europe, where, where interest rates have been negative for a while now. That's right. The United States thus far has avoided having negative rates. But the virus itself might be the thing that causes our economy to weaken enough to help us join that club. We've dealt with epidemics in our lifetimes before, watched them and watched how markets reacted. What else can we learn from prior outbreaks? Well, so far, this is pretty normal. I mean, if you look at SARS, it was around 2003, you had a big 10% drop as people started to try to process what the hit was going to be when they started to realize that there was an epidemic. And then it snapped back. And so 
historically, we could see the exact same thing here. We've had the 10 percent drop. Maybe it's all going to be fine and we're going to snap right back. What does worry me is that it's a different illness than SARS. SARS killed quickly but didn't spread fast. Mm -hmm. Coronavirus is kind of the reverse of that. Yeah. So we could be living with the drip drip of negative headlines and scary headlines for a while. That's right. Even though the what we know about the disease so far is that it doesn't have a very high mortality rate. It's higher than the flu, but not much higher than the flu. And it could be just get to the point where we start talking about, I think this was referred to in an article I've read, about cold flu and coronavirus season. But it's going to take a while to get to that point. And a year or two from now, we might have a vaccine, but that's not coming that soon. Right. I mean, but we're moving on the vaccine very quickly. It's pretty fascinating there, too, how you could actually get a vaccine sooner than we have historically for other illnesses, just because you already have a population that has it that can be uh, used to test on. And interestingly, Drug makers, vaccine makers specifically, have been some of the few companies that have seen their stocks head higher in recent weeks. That's right. There's been a lot of hope that, you know, these companies that are working on the vaccines or working on treatments for it will be able to get these products to market and actually benefit from it pretty quickly. There's been another category of stocks amid this sell-off that have actually done really well. Tell us about those. I mean, it's these stocks that benefit if you can't go out. So it's things like Zoom. Video calls. Video calls, exactly. So I can teleconference from home and not have to go into the office. It's things like Peloton. So I don't have to go into the gym. I can just ride my $2,000 bike at home with a trainer on my screen. Right. And these stocks have done much better than the market just as the people try to figure out, you know, what's going to work if, if, if this does become more widespread. And the other thing that's done well are just some consumer staples like Clorox. It was one of the few stocks that was actually hitting a 52-week high while all this was going on. And it's just people, you know, realize that these staples, you're going to buy their stuff, you're going to buy a lot of it, and you're going to keep it all at home so you can do your laundry and so you can clean. And yeah. you're going to need that Clorox bleach to clean everything so that you don't catch the virus. Yeah. I mean, I'm particularly interested personally in how some of these technology stocks are going to respond. Because if we do wind up in a situation where we're all working from home, I, I think we're going to really test out technology in a way, you know, we've all had it for a while now. We've had video conferencing for a while now. We all know we can work remotely better than we certainly could have 10 years ago. I think it'll be really interesting to see if tech could really change the way we work in the next couple months. The one problem with all that is that a lot of their valuations already reflect that possibility. And so it's sort of the way that I mean, when I like to think about the dot-com bubble is that these bets on these companies, what people were saying these companies were going to be able to do, were not wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, these companies did everything and more than the people, than analysts were prognosticating back then. What they got wrong was was the timing and the valuation. And I think that's what we have to consider here is did the tech valuations get high enough heading into this moment that even if they do benefit from this business-wise, was it already priced into the stock? And it's worth pointing out that, uh, that Zoom video is up 50% in the last few weeks. I mean, people are very excited about it. It's trading at crazy valuations. I think it probably could see a lot more business out of this, but it might very well be priced in at this point. That's right. All right, here's the, here's the real question. What should investors be doing right now? Hopefully nothing. With markets, timing is everything. It's like, when do you need the money? If you don't need the money for 20 years, this is going to pass. I mean, it's the same thing with 2008, the worst financial crisis we've seen in my lifetime. 50% drop in the market, and yet look how far we've come Turned out there. to be the, the best buying opportunity of a generation. Exactly. And that's what markets do. Over the long term, they should go up. The biggest problem becomes 
if you're looking at headlines and buying at the top and now you're sitting here down 10% or if you're thinking, you know what, my, my whole asset allocation is wrong. Uh, there's way more volatility in here than I'm comfortable with. This is not a good time to be trying to fix those problems. You have to wait for the volatility to settle down a bit before trying to get things back in place for the long-term plan. Okay. So the stay-at-home stocks, too expensive. The rest of the market, still volatile. We all love talking about these themes, but really at the end of the day, it's kind of hold tight. It's hold tight. Even keep doing what you've been doing. If you have a 401k and money's going in every month or every two weeks, keep doing that. If the market goes up, great. You've profited if right. it goes down. So you're going to buy at a cheaper price and then you just wait it out. All right. With that said, I can say that covering stocks in the last couple of weeks has felt very different than covering stocks, say, during trade or during kind of some other events. Now we're all also thinking about our, our health and our families and, and kind of whether they're going to be working from home. I mean, it, it's, at times it feels like investors right now are more worried than doctors, perhaps more worried than, than the White House. Where do we fall on all this? How worried are you? Actually, I think it's the other way around that you know, investors are falling back on historical precedents. They're looking at their usual metrics. The VIX, the volatility index, which tells us how volatile the market is, is high. And when it's been this high, it always comes back and the market snaps back. They're looking at those kind of metrics because they're not doctors. They don't know how this is going to spread. So they go back to the tools that they have. And, and the scary part of this, and this is where what's the difference between markets, which usually are about risk, but sometimes it's about uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And we just don't know. And that's what partially makes it so frightening. I mean, it's why, you know, we, I went out and bought canned food Me too. to have in the house. And, you know, apparently a lot of other people are doing this because we just don't know. My belief, my hope is that this ends up being just like a flu that, you know, does some damage to the economy, but the economy snaps back. And for the most part, we all come through, come through healthy, that there aren't mass deaths and all those things. But we don't know. These are the kind of things where you can't predict. And that's what makes it so hard. Yeah. And what's so interesting, too, to me is that the market in the U.S. has gotten so much worse as the numbers out of China have actually gotten better. That's right. Because it's China did its thing. It, it clamped down. It quarantined people. Things are supposedly getting better there. But we're just starting to see that what's happening outside. We know that it got out of China. Now we're waiting to see how bad does it get here in the United States. And we just don't know. But it does feel like China could provide some hope. It's absolutely true. They seem to have contained this enough that Starbucks stores are reopening, Apple stores are reopening. Life may be returning to normal with the number of deaths, which is, it's not trivial, but it's also not huge. And I think that should give us some hope. All right. Thanks so much, Ben. Thank you. To read Barron's extensive coverage of coronavirus, check out our latest issue and come to barrons.com for continuing coverage. I'm Alex Ewell. The show is produced by Meta Litzhoft. We published this week's podcast a little early, but we'll be back next Wednesday as usual. <laughs>